podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Leeds That Podcast. Today we've got a very special interview coming up. I'm joined by Andy. All right. And James. Hello. And we sat down and had a chat with Leeds United and England superstar Calvin Phillips. Right then, first off, Calvin, mate, how's your shoulder? Um, yeah, it's all right. It's getting better. Um, I've been injured for, I think, about a week now. So, you know, hopefully I'm aiming for, you know, three to four weeks. Um, but if, obviously, if it's not ready, then, you know, I'll have to aim for a little bit longer than that. What happened? Um, I just went over in a tackle, um, landed on my shoulder and um, tore a few ligaments in my shoulder. So, I'm just trying to get it better by not really doing anything on my arms and that. Can you still play FIFA and yeah, yeah, I can still play FIFA and Call of Duty, yeah. <laughs> and you've been doing other job too, aren't you? Aren't you out delivering cookies and baked goods in your new motor? <laughs> no, to be fair, that was my um girlfriend's best friend. She just started up a business at the start of lockdown, um, called Savvy Baker. So if anybody wants any brownies, then make sure you go to her. As you can see, mate, I've enjoyed a few. <laughs> um, but yeah, my girlfriend asked me for a favour. She said um, she's used us with directions and stuff and dropping stuff off. So I'd literally just got my car and she said, is there any chance you could help us out? So I just said, yeah, why not? Keep me out in the car for a little bit longer. So <laughs> so on, on to a bit of football chat. How how does it feel to be you know playing in the Premier League with your hometown club? Does it feel real? Um, it's weird really because at the start you're kind of proper buzzing for it but it's just like any other game like it's just like obviously there's more stuff going around the games and stuff but in the championship it's exactly the same feeling I can still go on the pitch and still you know even though I'm playing against like Kevin De Bruyne Mo Salah Van Dijk and stuff like that still I still go on the pitch <laughs> well, I'll try to anyway um, I still go on the pitch and just think about the same stuff as what I did when we was in the championship it's just obviously there's a lot more people viewing the games and stuff and you know there's a lot more cameras and that around and you can't really get away with anything off camera so <laughs> so yeah anything you could submit a cheeky elbow and you could get away with it in the championship I was going to say I've had a season ticket for, for 18 years now and t- since we got relegated we've seen well we lost Milner and then Lennon and Delph and you could go on and on and then in yeah. your time you've had mates who've, who've gone and had uh, so how does it feel to be the one who was actually still there with us at the time and are you still in touch with any of those lads obviously yeah I'm buzzing that I'm you know the one to take us up um, out of the lads that was in my age group and stuff like that I mean, there was a lot of very good players and you know it was it was kind of their time to leave I think at the time and you know obviously the club was in you know an up and down stage at that moment so a lot of like Lewis Cook and Sam Byron, Charlie Taylor, they all had opportunities to go play Premiership football, which, you know, uh, as a kid, you've always dreamt of doing it. So I think in that case, yeah, obviously I'm very happy that it was obviously me to take them up. It kind of, you know, made me feel a little bit happier just the fact that I'd never had to leave Leeds to get Premiership football. So, you know, that one sticks with me. Obviously, it's quite well documented that when we just missed out season before, you were close to going. Was there yeah. any other times during the chaos where you, you nearly left for other reasons, like where 
maybe you wanted to go out and get a bit more game time or anything like that? Um, there was actually. Um, I think it was the season. It was season Gary Monk came. It was the season in between. Yeah. Too, so Gary Monk got fingered as manager, and now I'm. I, I think it was under Steve Evans. I wasn't really getting any game, so you know I kind of made up my mind that I wanted to go out on loan, wherever it was. I wanted to go out on loan, and then you know Gary Monk came in, and you know, I think I played thirty six times that season. So. You know, it's not just the fact that you're not playing games, it's just the fact that if a manager likes you, then he, he won't let you go. And you know, I think, you know, you've had a lot of, well, I've had a lot of occasions where, you know, every manager's come in who's, you know, took, kind of took to me and, you know, wanted to play me in games. And by Steve, by Steve Evans, I think, you know, I've played under every manager that we've had. We're all just smirking because you talk about Steve Evans. It's <laughs> such a different time in our footballing experiences. Yeah. Right? Is that the same yeah. For you guys, I mean, there's still a few players around. Yeah, obviously, you know, it was a massive difference to what it was when, you know, Steve Evans and that were here. And just the fact that we've got an owner that, you know, wants to keep a manager for longer than six months is a good <laughs> thing. Um, Mate, you've yeah, been even, through some crazy times. as Because you're a Leeds fan as well. Yeah. How well's the club run now and how proud are you about that? Yeah, it's run like magnificently. I think, you know, the owner coming in and doing what he's done, buying the stadium back, buying the training ground, you know, just changing the training ground altogether to what the manager wants, you know, for the team. And then obviously, you know, you got Angus, you got Victor bringing players in and then obviously, you know, convincing Marcelo to join as well, which, you know, was the pinnacle probably of, you know, the rise of what we've been doing. And you no, know, I just think it's massive for, you know, for Leeds, Leeds as a, as a football club, but, I think, you know, the people above can take a lot of credit for what they've done because, you know, without them, then, you know, it wouldn't be possible, especially, you know, Andrea. Do you have a um, particular favourite Leeds player that you looked up to when you were a kid? You know what? I had quite a lot, to be fair. When I was really young, it was Alan Smith, Viduka. Um, I liked David Batty, but obviously I've not really seen him play much. I've just seen... You know, like the likes of Viduka and there was Danny Mills. And then as I was getting older and older, like playing football, there's obviously Robert Snodgrass, Jermaine Bedford, Luciano Becchio, you know, all them players, Stephen Warner, Michael Brown. You know, that's as I was getting closer to the team. And, you know, they were all nice people as well. I can remember the first time I came to sign my, I think it was my scholarship. Um, I bumped into uh, Robert Snodgrass and, you know, he was the nicest person probably ever met at the training ground on that day and and ever since then you know I've always talked to him I you know I always follow him as well so I don't know if he knows that but you know I always follow his progress at West Ham as well so so yeah that's nice and you've you've had to watch Friday night's game as a fan so uh, who's your favourite Leeds player to watch now <laughs> um to be honest I can't really pick anybody singly out but I think you know that game I think, you know, Luke Allen did unbelievable at centre-half. He just looked so comfortable. Whether he would play centre-half, left centre-half, right-back. Um, Stuart Dallas is obviously, you know, a player that's just so consistent. You know, every game he plays. And I think Jamie Shacklin as well when he came on um, for Pascal, which I was a bit gutty for Pascal because, you know, I've been in them situations before and, you know, it's not easy being brought off after 20 minutes. But, you know, he's a, he's a great player and, you know, obviously he'll take it on his chin and and um you know, focus on, you know, playing the next game. But obviously you 
can't go without mentioning Pat as well. I think, you know, I'm very happy for Pat because he does deserve it. And, you know, he's, he's a very hardworking player. He's obviously had a lot of, of slack over the years, and especially against Villa, because, you know, I've been speaking to Jack Grealish and Tyrone Mings at England. Um, I was just, I was just dying to beat him. And, you know, I think. I put up on my story and stuff when Pat scored I was absolutely buzzing and screaming and punching the air and then I ended up hitting my shoulder even more so oh, God. yeah calm down Calvin calm down <laughs> calm it down yeah, well, Pat's fault <laughs> well mate you just touched on it there as a fan yourself you understand like the fickle nature of it and that fans can be fickle can't they uh, obviously when you've been coming through uh, we had this bloke behind us mate and I just wanted he drove us insane and do you know what his catchphrase was what sake Phillips right? <laughs> he always used to give it that and then as soon as as soon as the tide starts turning you're getting more game time you're developing your yeah. game he's the first one singing Yorkshire Perlo chant yeah. how do you put up with that as a player uh, with the knowledge of being a fan because there's quite a lot of pressure isn't there especially as a young man yeah obviously there's a lot of pressure but I think you know the best thing for me is that I'm in my hometown club um, you know I've been there since since I was 14 you know it's the only professional club I've played for so you know, it kind of just makes it easier for me. Um, it's just more or less, you know, having to go on the pitch and do it consistently, which was the problem at the start. You know, I don't think I was consistent enough with my performances, but obviously with the manager coming in and, you know, changing my role and, you know, training me in a way that I'd never thought, you know, was possible. I think you can be forgiven for not being consistent, bearing in mind how many managers you went through as well. So, Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but the main thing, what I was looking at at that time was I was playing under every manager, so I can't have actually been that bad, you know what I mean? Um, obviously, you know, I was, in, I was inconsistent, but, you know, every manager that came in, you know, was picking me to play. So, you know, I must have been something right. I must have been doing something right. Mate, this geezer would have said that if he'd scored 13 goals a game, mate. It was just one of them pork chops. So don't. Yeah. <laughs> but but there, there is a lot of like pressure on young men. So when you made your debut very young, didn't you? Like, like a lot of them young players did. Did the shirt feel heavy or not? Um, The first game, not really. I think, you know, with the first game, I was surprised by actually playing because uh, Neil Redfern pulled me in the morning and said that I was going to play. So I was surprised by it. So I didn't really get much time to you know, dwell on it or react to it. I was just, he just told me like an hour before kickoff and then, you know, I was just, obviously I was crapping the at the time, but <laughs> no, I had, I had Alex Moore, Lewis Cook, Sam Byram, Charlie Taylor, all in the team at the same time. So they just made me feel like as if it was just a normal game for like the under 23s that I reserved. So um, I think that game in particular, it wasn't that bad, but then obviously the games where, you know, results weren't going our way, um, like I'd come in, uh, play ninety minutes, and then not play for like another f- three, four games, and then come back in again. Which you know it was hard, and obviously you know you don't bring out your best performances if you're not playing, you know, regularly. So I think you know that was a main thing. Um, but yeah, I think you know as a kid like me, obviously you know, there's a lot of young kids that look up to me. I just think the main thing is is just going out and enjoying yourself, which is what I did. So. On to Marcelo then. Uh, what are his hugs like? <laughs> he, um, gave you you know, he gave you a big hug in the East End, which was uh, was lovely, wasn't it, when we won promotion, which everyone saw on social media. Yeah, that was actually quite emotional, that, because he's never really actually... Obviously, he, lo- he obviously likes me as a player, but he's never actually shown that sort of affection to anybody. 
you know, there's only been a couple of times where somebody's done something special where he shows that affection and obviously we didn't even expect to see him at the at the ground, you know, when we got promoted. So it was kind of a shock and then he grabbed me, gave me a big bear hug and, you know, just saying, Graco Calvin, the best and stuff like that. And I was just, I can stop smiling <laughs> to be fair. It was just a, it was high, just, high praise, isn't it? Yeah, it was just a nice moment, I think, because we've never really seen the manager in that light. We've just seen him as, you know, he comes into training, focused on, you know, making everybody better every single day. And it's quite stressful for him and even more stressful for us at the time as well. So I think to see him like that was, you know, it was very nice. And obviously for him staying again, that was better. We've already heard a little bit about it, but we, we've we've heard that you swapped your England shirt, you gave him England shirt, didn't you? Because he gave you a shirt. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, I'd just been called up. Um, I think it just got round the training ground and then within 20 minutes of me being called up, I had like a little Nike shoe box and that's what it gives his presents in. No. I think he gave Luke, he gave, he gave Luke Irwin like a similar present I think a couple of weeks before because he'd done so well in like a game or something like that. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, so I opened it and it was one of his New Orleans Old Boys shirts. I actually don't know where it is. Do you know where that shirt is? I'm going to actually show you it, but... <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> don't want to try and grab it once. I'll be yeah, too no Yeah, definitely, mate. Sorry, my dog's barking at me. So <laughs> this, is what he, this is what he came in. Like a little... <laughs> oh, yes. That's mate, will you, t- will you take us a picture of that so we put it on our socials? Is that all right? Yeah, 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 yeah we'll do it after. Yeah, man. And then... He said... He's got quite a little bit of stuff in here, so he gave me that. I don't know if you oh, can wow. see it. For England. Wow. Me in an England shirt. Wow. And he sent me a little note. Is he good on Photoshop then? What's he <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think it that did it to you. <laughs> um, and this is a shirt as well. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. It's really strange as a Leeds fan getting excited about a red and black shirt, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because well, at first I didn't know what it was. I don't know what it is. At the start, I didn't know what it was. And I thought it was like, at school, we used to have like, PE tops like that, similar yeah. to that. And I thought, what's he giving me here? Is he giving me some, some random... Is it lost and found at four patch, and that's what he's done. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. And then when I researched it, obviously, you know, I searched a picture of him and and I seen him in it and I was just like, wow, that's incredible. I didn't really know what it was until I got home and searched it. And then, you know, obviously I thought as soon as he gave me that, then that's as soon as, soon as I said, like if I do make my debut, then he's going to be the first person that I give my shirt to. So. So when he's he's come in and, and asked you to play in a, a role that's different from what you had been deployed in previously, were you apprehensive about that? Or did you think, you know, I know the bloke's reputation, I'm going to respect his thoughts on it? Yeah, well, to be fair, when he first, like, his name started flying about, I didn't really know who he was. I didn't really know what he was like. And then I did all my research and, just looked about him and seen what type of manager he was and asked everybody else. And they were just saying that he's mental. I just seen El Loco and I thought, well, yeah. that's, surely that's not, that's not actually his nickname. And then, you know, he came in and you could just tell there was something different about him compared to every other manager. Like he's just focused on doing his job and he's so passionate about football. You can just tell by the way that he, he walks in the way that he, you know, like walks around the walks around the training ground and stuff. So he came into a meeting. Obviously, as soon as he walked in, everyone went quiet. And then he just named everybody by the numbers. So like Kamal Roof was in there, so he was like number nine. 
Liam Cooper, number five, and then got to me and said number four. And I was like, what? <laughs> he said number four. So I was like, what? He thinks I'm, does he think I'm a, a centre-back or a CDM? Because at the time I was playing like number eight and number ten. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously after the meeting, he pulled me to a side and just said, this is what position I want you to play. He explained everything, like why I want you to play there and what I think you need to work on and what I think why why you're good there and um, obviously I was, I was never going to say no it, it just bombarded me that much information of why he thinks you'll play there I just kind of just starstruck and just said yeah that's fine I'll just play there <laughs> <laughs> what a Can transformation eh mate bloody hell I know yeah it's, I think it's a decision that you know I'll never ever never ever forget to be honest <laughs> Well, how how do you feel when someone pitches that to you? Because I mean, obviously it's Marcelo and you are starstruck. But like, do you do you does an element of you think, oh, I'm not going to get to play in the position that I thought I was going to be playing in? Is there a bit of disappointment, or how does it feel? Or? I think at the time, the first instant when he said, I was like, hang on a minute, I like I scored seven goals and got like four assists or something the season before, and um, I was just like, oh, what's all this about then? Is he getting somebody in to play in my position? I'm going to be knocked back to play a different position. But then I just kind of just went with it and then just thought, if I'm going to play then, I'm going to try and do my best and I'm going to work hard every single day. So, you know, for him to come in and say that and then for me to actually do it is, you know, it's some of that, you know, the conversation is some of that I'll never forget. Yeah. And do you enjoy that position now? Do you Do you really relish playing there? Yeah, obviously I'd like to get forward and have a few more strikes on goal and stuff like that. But I think you know the managers found an actual perfect p- position for me because at the time I was playing, I think on the pole I came back. I played number eight. I played number ten. I played number. I played number four. Um, and it was just kind of just getting to know my best position. And obviously, he's seen me as you know a person that likes to win the ball, like wins a lot of balls back, and you know likes to pass the ball. So I think you know. With him telling me all that information when he first had the meeting with me, I just kind of just thought I'd never, well, I'm never going to say no anyway, but um, he was too scary to say no to. (laughs) Well, it's it's been quite a 12 months or so, but going back to the start of that was the centenary year in the centenary game. How did that feel? Yeah, it was good at the time when I, obviously the atmosphere was unbelievable, you know, with all the fans and stuff like that. I didn't really know that it was that big of a game until after the game so like yeah I've just thought oh like obviously it's a big it's a big thing like we're playing a big game and stuff like that but I was just more focused on getting the win and just getting the three points really and and then obviously the atmosphere was unreal all the fans were amazing and then I scored the goal and you know I just it was just like it was like a volcano which erupted in the stadium because as soon as I scored like I just couldn't hear anything after that like it was just like I was just I can remember just like celebrating and after that I couldn't hear anything yeah there was plenty of relief as well wasn't there because it were it was one of them games wasn't it if you remember it that we were knocking and knocking and knocking it's like oh where's it coming and bang the local boy does it it was just beauty wasn't it man yeah it was just like I say it was just written in the stars like it was just I don't even know what I was doing that far up the pitch to be honest (laughs) I don't even know what happened I think I'd tried winning a ball back and missed it and then Jack won it back and then all of a sudden I was just in <laughs> Destiny was what took you up the field then, Kelvin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fast forwarding a little bit towards the end of this, I mean, obviously, we've seen the celebrations of the bits, and you're on the pitch with your moon boot and everything at the end of the season. What was it? Was it tough 
missing the end of it or were you just glad to get over the line? Um, I think, you know, me getting rid of that obviously other than this, that was my longest injury I've ever had. So, you know, I kind of gutted in a way, but, you know, just the fact that we've been promoted anyway, like it kind of just like, now I can relax, you know what I mean? And now I can just sit back and just watch and just, you know, just enjoy watching, you know, the team play and now I can watch, watch the games now and just enjoy watching, you know, Bielsa ball. And, you know, I think the last three games are, of the year was actually, we scored the most goals out of, you know, any of the games. I think we beat Derby, was it 4-1? Four, four and then beat Charlton. 3-1, three, three wasn't it? 3-1. Beat Charlton, 4-0, 5-0. 4-0. 4-0? Oh, we beat ben, Stoke 5-0. Big Stoke 5-0, yeah. that's it, yeah. Ben scored as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he scored that absolutely yeah. It was a game that Ben scored and I can just remember, obviously I was enjoying myself and then Ben scored and I was like, God, I was buzzing for Ben because he's not scored all season and, you know, to, for him to score a goal like that on the last game of the season was, you know, it's a very good moment for him, so. Um, but yeah, it was just more the fact that I could just chill out and, and just focus on just enjoying watching being a spectator we'll, we'll get on to your relationship with Ben White in a bit um, <laughs> but I, I think the thing for me when you've answered that is like it with this current side and the management and the way the clubs run it feels like the proper it's written on road in it the old side before self it feels like that's really true and when you started your career at Leeds it was so much turmoil and there were some bad apples in the dressing room weren't there from what we could see from the outside yeah. In start in stark contrast, mate. How weird has your time at Ellen Road been as a player? It's been mental. It's been honestly, it's been like a roller coaster. Just simple because obviously I was at the highs of getting my first professional contract, and then you know, and then working my way through to try and I was training with the first team like nearly every other day. So I thought, oh, hang on a minute, like I'm quite close here. And then obviously they've been switching, changing managers. I'd seen you know players from like Louis Cook, Sam Byron. I was more all playing and then I was just, you know, I was just that far behind. I was just thinking, is it ever going to happen for me? And then, you know, Neil Redfern came in, a man that knows me, you know, like knows me inside out and, you know, he played me and, you know, I'm forever grateful for that, for that decision that he chose to play me in that, um, in that game and, no, since then I just thought I'd never look back because I had the first taste of it and then once you have the first taste you just want more and more and more and then obviously when it's not going well you, know, you kind of think oh well you know it's my time it's my time up here like I don't, didn't want it to be but you know it's my time up here and then you know things go through your head but then you can't just forget about it I'm just so laid back like if somebody wanted to come in or if like I want like everything was going bad and you know I wanted to go out on loan or whatever like, it wouldn't be me pushing for it. I'd just be like, if the club wanted to send me out on loan, then I'd go out on loan. Otherwise, I'm here to stay, so it's up to that. How was the atmosphere with those bad apples? Can you talk about it or not? Um, it wasn't necessarily bad apples. Obviously, we had a few players in there that, you know, just did what they did. They were just, they were just very, you know, not, they weren't even, like, I got along with everyone, so I couldn't say a bad word about anybody. It was just that there was that many switching chains and managers and, you know, players coming in and players coming out and you couldn't really get, you couldn't really settle into one team. And you know, I think, you know, when, when Chilino came in and, you know, quite a few of the Italians came in, it wasn't the fact that, 
play with bad apples because I want. There was really nice people, you know. I still talk to all of them um, on Facebook and on social media. So, you know, I still get along with them all. It was just the fact that we had such a separated team at the time. Like, we had a group of Italians and then we had a group of French lads and then we had a group of English lads who, you know, it was just hard to try and merge us all together just simply because, you know, everything above us was just so unsettling. Like, we couldn't settle as a team. I had a look at the starting eleven from from your first game in the Wolves game, that, and it, and it had that group of young lads, like you said, and then there was Antonucci and Belushi, and then Del Fabro on the bench. And you look at thinking some of these blokes m- must have been super talented, but came and never got a sniff and went. And exactly what you've said, it was just the turmoil around it. I also think that if Bielsa had been their coach, then there's a chance that it would have been yeah. all right. Yeah. I mean, you know, if it be else as a manager of anybody, it'll turn, you know, an average player like me into, you know, an all right Stop. player. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, it was just, yeah, like I said, it was just literally, it was just everything going on above. We didn't know, there was times where we didn't know which manager was going to walk through the door. Um, there was a time where we had two different managers the same day of training. So the manager came in, um, I think it was Uwe Rotter. Yeah. Was sacked. Was sacked, came in. You know, ready to take turn and all of a sudden found out that he was sacked. So pulled us all into the changing room, said, Oh, yeah, like I've been sacked, you know, obviously wish you all well and then within twenty minutes Steve Evans are walking through the door. So it was just it was, that's how mad it was, it was just mental. Oh mate. It it, it, it now we're we're called leads that for a reason because we could look at <laughs> but it's all going beautifully well and you've got a great crop. A Leeds moment happens and flip an equate. I think you've been for a few. Um, yeah. But with promotion and that, it's it's been amazing. Um, how, it's such a spoken about cliche answer, but how badly you're missing having us lot in stands? Yeah, it's obviously, you know, I think, you know, I'm, I was just thinking, you know, watching the game against Villa, I was just thinking, imagine, you know, having the away fans there and, you know, listen to him sing, you know, as we were winning for you now, it'd just be a surreal moment. And, you know, there's times where you think about, you know, times where the fans are actually in there and, you know, the games that come to mind are obviously the 100-year game, the Villa game when we played them away and we beat them 3-2 last minute. That was one of the best atmospheres <laughs> from a set of away fans that I've ever been involved in. It was it mental, was, wasn't it? It was just mental. Like, and what other game and the playoff game before um, before the end of the other season when we lost against Derby before Leeds that happened yeah it was actually that game was it was that strange that much happened that after the game I couldn't remember a thing couldn't remember what had happened and I was sat in my living room the next day obviously I've been so upset about obviously losing the game I literally went to sleep woke up it was about 10 o'clock in the morning and I just sat and watched the game and I was just crying my eyes out just because <laughs> obviously we've lost and yeah. I could see like the momentum shift from our hands to Derby's hands in the space of 10 minutes and you could I would I was sat with my girlfriend I was just literally just tearing up in the room and then I had to turn it off after after Jack Marriott scored I just turned it off and just thought ah, I'm not, not dealing with that anymore we've, we've got the last laugh now mate so let's yeah, let's, mate. Let's, let's focus <laughs> on that yeah. So, um, let's go on to some friendships then. Obviously, it seems from the outside that you, you're good mates with Ben White, Tyler Roberts and that. Who else are you close to? 
Um, I'm close. Do you know what? I'm actually one of them people that just floats around. Like I'm friends with, I'm friends, I'm friends with every everyone really. Um, and obviously my closest friendships are like, you know, people my age. But you know, I'm actually very close to Luke Allen. I've been very close to Luke Allen since I first, you know, started broke through under Gary Monk. Um, I've been quite close to him. So, you know, and just you know, just everyone really. Like the full core of like Leeds. Like there's Coops. There's Stewie, there's Barada, who's been there for for years. There's there's Pontus at the time. There's Alioski. All them players. Like I'm not very good mates with them, but like I still treat them as if you know they're my family and that. So, you know, I think you know when it comes to like having mates in football, you know, people say don't have mates in football because you know football is a very cool game and stuff can happen. But you know, I just people from Leeds if they come to play for my team then I'm just friends with them automatically so whether that's just who I am whether that's what type of person I am it's just what happens so in the summer when you all went away for that brief time and and it looked like there were sort of from the social media posts it looked like there were two holidays there was your holiday and then there was the I'm not going to say grown-up holiday but slightly (laughs) (laughs) maybe one where they all brought the missus or whatever but we were maybe surprised. Like, did it come to a decision of who got Janny? Like, <laughs> who had to take him? The loosest goose on the planet. <laughs> you know what? I'd have actually enjoyed him to come on all day with us. Um, you just like you don't know because you don't know him. You don't understand what type of person he is. And he's just one of the people that you can walk through a door and they'll do one thing, and then you just be laughing for the full day. Or you'll just be on edge for the full day. Or you'll just be thinking, what's he going to do now? You know what I mean? So, you know, I'd have been happy for G to come on all day just because, you know, I love him as a person. He's a nice he's a nice guy as well. So, but yeah, there was two separate holidays and, and yeah, we, we all enjoyed this and so that was the main thing. How is Ben? Do you still speak to him? Yeah, I spoke to him the other day actually after the game. Um, after the game he played against West Brom. Um... Yeah, he's, obviously he was gutted at the time when he didn't sign. But I think it kind of just came to a point where he had to just forget about, obviously, the chance to sign for Leeds and had to focus on football. But uh, to be honest, I don't really speak to him about football anymore. Uh, it's just about how he, rights, yeah. Yeah, how he is, how his family and are, and you know, how his dogs are and his girlfriend. So um, I think when it comes to football inside, we kind of just know what each other are thinking just because we were that close for like a year. And obviously, we were all gutted to see him go because uh, he was Wells Royce at Leeds United last season, wasn't he? But the man yeah. who's the man who's come in is looking just as good, isn't he? Robin Cock, how's how's he slotted in? Yeah, I think obviously the first couple of games. I think you know, I think he was very unlucky with the first couple of games. I think the handball that that was given against him was very harsh because they've changed the rule now, haven't they? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, I can't even say it. I don't even want to say it. But <laughs> no, I think the new the new rule and that's just crazy. Um, but I think yeah, the first game for him was he actually played well in that game as well. He was just him finding his feet, and obviously he played the best English side in the Prem that's been for the last two years or whatever. So, and then the second game, what happened in the second game? Oh, the penalty. Yeah, yeah. But he wasn't, he wasn't even a penny dived. Yeah, it was nowhere near, was it? <laughs> no, he slid, obviously he slid in and that were a mistake on his part. But, but he's pulled out. Uh, yeah, he pulled out last second. So. so many jokes there, we won't make them. 
<laughs> um, but I think you know them two games were kind of just an imprint of him to just think you know what actually that doesn't even matter I'm just going to do my thing for the next few games and you know I think the last last two games especially against Villa he was he was unbelievable next to Luke Allen, so and it's remarkable as well because again he's not really had a consistent centre-back to, to partner him as well so for him to stand out is is pretty exceptional yeah, um, like you say, it's it's hard when you know, obviously there's quite a lot of players injured at the time, and you know Barry's injured, Coops is in and out. It's hard for him to kind of get that partnership together, and you know, looking at the last game, you know, you can probably partner with anybody in the, the centre back. You could partner with anybody and still shine. So, you know, that's how good of that's how good of a player he actually is. Where do you sit with this whole thing as uh, Leeds is now everyone's second team? Because we like Leeds to be hated, don't we? What's this <laughs> yeah. all about, being the darlings? I ain't cool with that. How does it feel with you, look? You know what? If you can't beat us, then you've got to join us, haven't you? So <laughs> that's the thing. Um, I think a lot of teams, a lot of people are getting frustrated with their teams out there. So, you know, when you look at us playing the free-flowing football that we do and, you know, having the manager that we do and the fan base that we do, I think, you know, a lot of people kind of turn their heads and think, you know what? I want to be involved in that now. So... You know, there'll probably be a lot more Leeds fans. You know, a lot more other fans join join with Leeds fans now. I think. I went to Hull today to the deep, and uh, sorry to just, hear that, mate. It was it was riddled with Leeds fans. It never <laughs> used to be, but they're all wearing the champions face mask and yeah. little kids in full purple kits, and just the scale of it. Like, have you noticed that in the last few months? Yeah, definitely. I think. You know, the amount of people that I see walking around with these shirts on now, you know, just proud to be lead just because we're back in the Prem. They're just, they're just, it could be balling it down in rain. Uh, it could be snowing and people have still got the short sleeve Leeds United t-shirts on. You know, I think there was one time I went on holiday to Las Vegas with my girlfriend and um, I was walking through the casino at the Cosmopolitan. And I'm not joking, about four Leeds ones pulled me. But it was all from America. It was all from America, and I couldn't believe that they'd noticed me and just pulled me in the middle of, of the casino. So I bumped into it at Universal Studios. I was at uh, you know the Simpsons, you know Moe's. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I was in Moe's having a duff, and I was wearing that old, <laughs> you know, that old pack I had now, half blue, half yellow shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is the greatest. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, obviously, the the fan base is amazing, but. Just to experience it like in other countries, especially on the other side of the world, is ridiculous. And how have the new boys settled in? Who was, was impressed throughout the new lot? Because we signed bloody well, aren't we? If you'd said who we were looking at and then we've gone, do you know what? Next level, let's get some international ballers in. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, we were we were talking about it today, actually. We were just thinking about the bench last year compared to this year. Mm. And obviously last year we had Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday games. And we had a bench that wasn't experienced at all. Belly, you know, we could barely we could barely outfit like a full first team playing bench just simply because we didn't have any. Um, but now you look at it and you've got it's just you've it's got Rafa, for it. Yeah, you got you got Rafina who's just come in. You've got Diego Lorente who's just come in. You've got Rodrigo's, you know, place to Spain. You've got Tyler Roberts plays for Wales. He's been been at the club for a good few years. You've got little Jamie Shacks who comes off the bench and plays the way that he did against Aston Villa. 
you know, you've got so many people that can come in and just do the job. And I think, you know, like I said, it goes down to the manager and just aware that he just prepares us, you know, just to be ready for every single moment. And you know, I think one of the players that, you know, we haven't seen much of yet, but we will get to see is, you know, in the future definitely is Leif Davis, just because, you know, he's that good of a player if he just settled down a little bit and, you know, screwed his head on a little bit, he'd be, you know, be up there with one of the one of the best left backs, left midfielders, centre half that we've got. Very good, Davis, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so moving on to England, how does that feel when people say Calvin Phillips leads and England? Um, it's weird. Obviously, when I first got a call, I never, never ever expected it. But you know, people to be, you know, just even mention me in an England England national team sentence is just, you know, I obviously you dreamed of it as a kid, but you never actually thought it would ever happen. So it's just mental. Well, especially with, you know, getting to past the younger age groups without having a, a cap, did you did that make you feel less likely that it may come? Or Yeah, I think because I've never actually been recognised at international level for either England or Jamaica or, you know, or Ireland. I've never been, I've never been recognised, so it was kind of just like, you know, you know what, I'll just forget about it then. If nobody's going to recognise me, then I'll just... You know, I'll just carry on doing my thing for my club. And then, obviously, there was a lot of talk, you know, last year that I had to play in the Premier League to get into the England squad. So, I knew that there was interest there. And then, you know, this year, obviously, I was called up randomly, which I never expected. And, you know, obviously, you now I feel like I deserved it. But at the time, I feel like I needed to prove myself a little bit more for a good six, seven months in the Premier League before I even was anywhere close to it. And then you did that and you like you, you played for England before you played in Premier League. And let's be fair, we don't want to blow too much smoke up your ass, but you you've done brilliant at England, haven't you? You've slotted straight in and started well. It's not like you've got in and just been all right. You've yeah. got in and performed consistently high. That's not a question. That was just smoke. <laughs> Mate, it's hard. Isn't it? it's, it, how do you question it? Because you you got put in and you got you, you got dealt a bit of a dead rubber, didn't you? Really getting put with two guys who play a similar position at first game and first half. Mm. There's not much you can do, and second half it clicks and boom, we're on. Yeah, obviously, you know, different managers going to play different formations, and you know, a lot of people was you know a lot of people had a lot to say, a lot to say about me and Declan Rice and who should play and who shouldn't play but I think the manager kind of sees us as both very good players you know Declan Rice is a really really good player mm. and um, you know when I first came in I didn't expect to play the game I didn't expect to play any game to be honest I thought I'd just be sat during the trip and not play at all um, but the manager made it clear to me that you know he did want to play me and you know whether that was next to Declan Rice or next to John Henson or whoever you know I was always going to you know try my best to you know, make make my family proud, and especially just show what I'm capable of. And I think you know, the first half was it was tough, just simply because I wasn't used to that level. I wasn't used to playing with that team. I wasn't used to you know playing that formation. But then I think after after half time, I think I just kind of thought to myself, you know what, sod it. Like I'm just gonna do what I do normally: get on the ball, spray passes, and you know, see what happens. And um. Obviously, the managers kind of see that as you know, a good bit, a very good start for me. Completed it, mate. 
<laughs> Who are your mates with England? Who it says after this on the question that we've written, don't say Grealish, don't say Grealish, don't say Grealish. So. <laughs> you know what? I'm actually the same as what I am at Leeds. I'm the same everywhere else. I think, you know, I've known Jack for quite a while just simply because we've played against him for so many years. So, you know, he's one of the first people that I kind of knew. You know, I've seen him on a couple of nights out. I've seen him... You know, I've just seen him, you know, more than what I have seen the other players. So I get along with Jack quite well, even though, you know, we'll play, play against each other, try and kick the shit out of him. But yes, <laughs> yes, Calvin. But, but it's just, it's literally just, it's just banter between us. Like, you know, he was saying to me, obviously I was injured for the game, but at England, he was saying, oh, I can't wait to play against you. I'm going to, I'm going to rip you apart and stuff like that. And I was just saying, you are because I'm just going to take you out as soon as I see you. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of them. It's just one of them where you just throw a banter at each other. And, you know, like I said, I'm exactly the same at Leeds or I am at England. I just get along with everyone. And you know, there's a lot of young players as well at England, which, you know, at times when you see in the England teams before, there was quite a lot of older players. So it kind of made it easier for me to settle in. But yeah, I'm, I'm good friends with everyone, really. I think one of the main people that I didn't really know I'd be as friendly with is Conor Cody, but he's just he's just that helpful and just a nice, genuine guy that I just got on, on with him like an house on fire. And, you know, he helped me a lot. It was mine, mine and his first game against Denmark. And now he's a guy that's very vocal on the pitch. So, you know, that's what I like. I like people telling me what to do. So, you know, I think, you know, he helped me a lot during that game as well. You're obviously around uh, Marcus Rashford in that setup as well, and it's amazing to see what he's doing outside of football at the at the moment as well. He's obviously in the, the headlines for all the right reasons. Um, what do you what do you think to that? Yeah, I think it's amazing. Um, obviously, I didn't see him the first trip. I've seen him in the second trip, and he's like I said, he's just a normal guy. He's literally just turns up, you know, he's friendly with everyone, and then goes out and plays like he does and. You know, for him to take take his take what platform he's got and turn it into a worldwide thing of you know making sure you know kids that are unable to eat you know at school that are free school meals and stuff like that for him to be able to do that and just just get so much support from it, I think you know it's it's amazing what he's done and you know I, at first I didn't really I didn't really know whether he'd get you know, as much support as he has, but, you know, you've got businesses, you know, donating money towards, you know, free school meals that, you know, the government all of a sudden can't, can't pay for and can't help, you know, young kids get, get food. So, you know, I think just the, just the nature of it and just the fact that, you know, he as a young kid and he's, he's experienced it all before. I just think, you know, it's a very nice thing that he's done. And, you know, obviously he's got, he's, he's got his MBE from it and, no, he should be forever proud of himself, like you know a lot of people are. Yeah, great role model. You can't you can't go away from that, can you? Fantastic stuff. Even though he is a dirty mank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not even that. Like I, I could watch him now. Like even though he plays for Manchester United, I could watch him now and still not have one bad thing to say. Like, he could have the worst game in the world. Oh, he's a good player and he's a good bloke, yeah. isn't he? but he just plays for the wrong team, mate. It's just, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't abide it. He's a good bloke, we'll call it quits. I'm not going to say anything else about him. But he's a, he's a very good bloke. It's, it's hard for a Leeds fan to say that, isn't it, about one of them? Like. You actually, um, 
mentioned, or you, you kind of hinted at it in the England um, chat, sort of saying that in the first half you were maybe like a bit fearful and then the fear factor sort of left and you realised, actually, I'll just play play football. I'll do what I do every yeah. And was there a bit of fear going into the Premier League thinking, oh, can I do this? And was it just all build up to actually starting? I think with our manager, it kind of makes you feel like you're there for a reason. You're not there to be beat. You're not there to just take part. You're there to play your game of football and, you know, put, you know, the English champions to test. And I think it just makes it a lot easier for us. It just makes it so much easier just just by the information that it gives us and the tactical details that it gives us. It's just like you know exactly what you're going to come up against. And, you know, we were surprised that, you know, after that game, we was all sat there thinking, we've literally just run Liverpool ragged for 90 minutes. Mm. And it's something that I've not been used to before. And, you know, you look at that and then you think, well, why can't we do that with every team in the league? You know what I mean? And um, you know, I think after that game, kind of, it kind of just opened his eyes to say, "Listen, like we're a very good team. You know, we, you know, put the best team last year under so much pressure. You know, we can do that. If we, we can do that week in week out, especially that we don't have Saturday, Tuesday games as well. It gives us more time to prepare and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think you know, like I said, it's just the way the manager works, and it just makes you feel like, you know, just makes you feel comfortable with knowing how they're gonna." you know, come and play or, you know, how we're going to play. Does he, yeah, that's really interesting. And does he sort of pack a lot of information to you or or are they really simple instructions given to individual players? It's more, yeah, so we do stuff as a team. We'll have team meetings and stuff like that and he'll tell us who he thinks he's going to play and without spying on them. Who he thinks thinks he's going to play and who we're going to play and, what what formations they play because we adapt to whatever formation they change to. That's what we adapt to. So we'll adapt to man for man for man them. So you know, I think last year or the year before, you seen me play as a centre half. Sometimes that's literally yeah. just because they had two strikers. So if they had two, if the team had two strikers, then I'd be playing centre half. And I think you know, just the way that he goes into detail, like he'll bring you into individual meetings. So like I had obviously I played the games for England. And, you know, I thought them reasonably well. And same against Liverpool as well. And the meeting after that, it just took half an hour to just absolutely batter me. I <laughs> just, said, just said that wasn't good enough. He said the first game you was all right. And then the second game, you just didn't look yourself. And, you know, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. And you kind of just sat there thinking. <sighs> I actually thought I did. I actually thought I did quite well. <laughs> but then I think, I think in a way, it just it does it so that, you're not like up there all the time. You're not thinking, oh, listen, we're playing, we're playing less than next week. We'll just be Aston Villa top of the league. We're playing less than next week. You know, we'll, I'll do all right. I'll play well again. He just wants you to be just there. He just wants you to know that, you know, you, you have bad games. You can have, you can always improve. You can't always have, you know, unreal games. And I think, you know, that's something that the manager does very well. He kind of just keeps you at a level head. Don't let you get too high, don't let you get too low. And if you do get too low, then you know it's a type of man he's a type of manager that'll just be consistent with you. Like as you said, like you know, Patrick Bamford were getting so much stick like last year, the last couple of years. And he was just so consistent with him. And look at him now, you know, he's on top of the world and you know, he's scoring unbelievable hat tricks against Aston Villa. 
Yes, he is. Go on then. How does that work then with ambition versus reality? Because obviously everyone's coming to seasons, wanting to survive, wanting to consolidate in the league with such a great start and such great performances. Does, does the expectation change within the squad? What? How does that feel? Um, just the fact that we've done, we started well. I think we kind of think, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we should more or less keep it up because I think you know we're always gonna go through a bad run, and it's just whether, obviously. We had so many games, like Saturday, Tuesday games. You just try to get out of that rut. And I think, you know, with the break in between each game, it just makes it easy for us. And you know, I think one of the main things is just the fact that we just keep getting good results against every team. We want to beat teams around us that supposedly are going to be around us if we finish near the bottom. We want to be able to beat them. And obviously, whenever a big team comes, we want to, you know, beat them as well. So... It's just, it's not more or less us thinking that, you know, we need to survive and we need to do this. Obviously, we need to survive, but it's more of the fact that, you know, we need to beat the team we're playing next. Like, that's the all and end all. We've got to beat them. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, then, you know, forget about that, beat the next team. Forget about that, beat the next team. Yeah, you touched on it there. It's like, for me, I said during the, during the last podcast for the Villa game, when we got the third, I was surprised that I'm surprised that we can do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two nil, I'm thinking two nil's dangerous, two nil's dangerous. Why yeah. is why is Melier dicking about doing that ball to Dallas? Why are we not just getting yeah. rid of it? We're two nil and Bamford scores a worldie. Yeah. It's the best team goal the Premier League's ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and you and you're like, why am I surprised now? This is the norm for Leeds. I think it's because we've had so much disappointment for the last sixteen years. Now we're back. We need to enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, that's I think that's one of the main things. I think you know, as long as you, obviously the fancy is going out and playing us football, you know, that's what we enjoy most. We don't enjoy, you know, going away, going, going away to Leicester or going away to Arsenal and sitting back and not playing football. Like, we just want to be there to play our football. We're not there to do anything else. And I think, you know, with the manager, obviously, and his coaching staff, they've nurtured us and coached us in that way that, you know, a lot of teams can't deal with the way that we play. Um, just because we're so fit and, you know, just because we're such a good team in general. You know, we ain't got, obviously we've got good individuals and stuff like that, but, you know, without, like, we, you could look at Aston Villa game and see that me and Coots are missing, but you've got, you know, got Pascal that comes in, he mm-hmm. could play well. You've got Jamie Shaq to come in and play well. You know, if Rodrigo won't play in that game, Tyler Roberts would come in and play well. So it's just... You know, having the team that comes in and is just so consistent with the performances and, you know, they're just there to do it for the team. They're not there to do it for themselves. They're not there to, you know, get an attribute for themselves, even though Pat does brag about <laughs> it. it. Brags about it every single day since he's scored it. Yeah, we're just, we're just there as a team and we know that, you know, if we work well as a team, then, you know, there's not many teams that can beat us. You said there about going away to play. For us at the moment, because we're not allowed to be there, home and away doesn't really feel like a thing. Any different, yeah. About, what about on the pitch other than the travel it's exactly the same um, I think we actually enjoy going to different grounds and playing I think just because it's a different environment you know some stadiums that we never played at so you know I think you know we enjoy going to other teams because we know that they're going to attack us if we go away to their players they've got to attack us and I think you know when teams attack us they find it difficult to break us down but then also find it difficult to stop the current attack rate we've got so I just think you know obviously home games are you know massive for us but 
I think they're a lot bigger when the fans are in there. And, you know, when the fans are there, then it makes it even more special when we play there. But I think when we go away, it's kind of just, you know, there's no pressure on us because, you know, it's their team that's got to play against us. So, On that, how do you, how do you feel about um, getting fans back into Ellen Road? Is it something that you want to happen sooner rather than later? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, if it could happen next game, I'd, you know, I'd pitch for it to happen next game. But obviously what's going on is, you know, it's a, it's a tough time for everyone. And, you know, as long as everyone stays safe, that's the main thing. But, you know, I think I can't see it being long now until, you know, the fans are allowed back in. I think, you know, Germany have got fans in and stuff like that. And so, yeah. you know, even if it's just, I was saying, though, even though, you know, a lot of people are saying if it's just 30%, but who do you choose out of them 30%? Like, who, who do you choose? Because there's not going to be many people that are going to be like, oh. Well, they were talking about a ballot, weren't they? But like I said for these, like, the football's awesome. I love going to watch Leeds United. It's my thing that I do. But the main thing is I like going to have a few beers with these boys and singing and chanting and shouting and swearing. Yeah. If, I, if I ain't doing that and I'm miles away, it's not quite the same. So yeah. you want to come cheer on, but you don't want it to be sanitised, do you? It's a real tricky tricky situation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's the main thing, obviously. You know, the fans are there to enjoy every minute of it, not just the football side. They want to enjoy you know, the time before, getting ready for the game and, you know, afterwards when we win or if we lose, giving stick or, you know, getting stick. So, you know, the fans enjoy that and I think, you know, even just me watching that Aston Villa game, I was just sat there thinking, imagine if the fans were there, it'd just be absolutely mental. And I was just thinking, every time, like every time Pat put one in the back of the net, I was just thinking, oh, I wish the fans were there. It'd be an unreal, unreal it'd be an unreal um, game to be at if the fans were there and, um, but yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? And you know, hopefully, I think by the end of by the start of next year, I think mid mid January, then a few fans might be allowed back in. So, being in the Premier League and be, and wearing an England shirt, the the spotlight's on you even more. So, how important do you see that as, as being a role model for people? Yeah, obviously, it's massive. You know, when I was a young kid, I used to look up to all different types of players, and used to see how you know, the, how they dealt with, you know, playing for England and, you know, playing for a massive club. And I think, you know, just me being from Leeds, I kind of know how much it means to, obviously, my family and the fans and just the club in general, everybody around the club. And, you know, if I went out and like, I was doing stuff off the pitch that I shouldn't have been doing, then, you know, it disappoint not just me, but it disappoint my full family. And I think, you know, that's one thing that I can't do. I think every time I play for Leeds, it's just my family that I think about like if I'm playing for Leeds and you know I'm thinking about making my family proud and thinking about making you know Leeds as a club which is my family you know proud so you know I won't be able to say like go away with England and do anything wrong because don't, don't get me wrong um, you know when I come back my mum would mum would absolutely bat me if I did anything wrong in England but um, yeah it's just something like that I'd never actually think of doing I'd never think of like off the pitch or even on the pitch, I never think of you know doing anything that I shouldn't really do, and you know that's just the way that I work. That's just the way that I am. And I read an article from from June where you did an interview, and and you said I've been using this phrase "Black Lives Matter" quite a lot. I'm not saying all lives don't matter. I'm just saying right now, black people need support and they need help because of the racism going on all around the world. Yeah. Do, do you think that 
well, specifically within football, have you seen any of the support that you thought might be needed since that time? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, obviously it was a couple of months ago, it was a lot of things happening in the news. There was a lot of things happening in the news where, you know, you kind of just thought, like, what's going on? And I think, mm. you know, same as Marcus used his, used his platform to, you know, to help help the, the kids get free school meals. I thought, you know, it's a good idea for me to, you know, just be public about it and just speak about, because obviously I'm a, I'm a black man, so I want to speak about, you know, what's going on. I want to, you know, share my feelings and just try and educate, you know, other people. And, you know, if young kids are looking at it and, you know, maybe they think something else. And then if they, if they read what I've said and think, you know what, if Calvin's like that, then why can't I be? And, you know, if it's just, and about educating as many people as possible or even just one person a day or yeah. one person a week then you know the world's going to be a better place so that's the way I see it and I think you know you've been, you've seen a lot of you know you've seen a lot of people come out and obviously say the same thing and you know you there's been a, a lot of people come together and you know just agree on the situation and I think you know the more people that do that the better so you'll understand as the Leeds fan the Leeds that moment um, yeah you know, there's no team at top of the championship at Christmas has not gone on to get promotion. Leeds go, hold my beer. Uh, what what moment stands out for you as a fan growing up and what stands out as a player? Can you see the moments coming and you can't do out to stop them? What, what is it? Um, obviously growing up, you know, I've experienced obviously when we got relegated to League One and stuff like that. Obviously I want, I think I just, I've just joined as that happened and, you know, I've seen a lot of people, you know, saying it was poison the time before. And I don't think, I think I've been through a stage in my career at Leeds where I've seen absolutely everything go on. And I think, you know, for obviously for us to, you know, do so well during the season and, you know, be top at Christmas. It was actually not for, not for his game. Um, I think I'd been, did I get sent off that game? Yes. I got sent, I got sent off that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> and it it were a bad tackle as well, to be fair. So bad tackle, um, good it, you decide. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've been sent off that game and I was speaking to the sky presenter in in the tunnel, like in the corridor but during the game I was watching inside and he just said, Oh, you will be fine. Like no team's ever not been promoted after Christmas anyway. And I can just remember that moment sticking in my head and it never actually came back to me but like obviously after it didn't happen and obviously everyone was, you know, mocking us for not doing it and taking the piss out of us and stuff like that. Mm. You know, it kinda of, I kinda of took it to heart, I kinda of thought, you know what, like you know, you've got a lot of people saying stuff like this and it's actually hurtful because yeah, you know, you've been in the position, you've been so close to doing it and then to not actually do it, you know, it's the worst feeling ever and then obviously for us to for us to eventually do it is kinda of just you know, it's a good moment, but I've kind of just sticking my fingers up at everyone. But I've never said anything bad at me, yeah. <laughs> good man. Right, we're just coming towards the end now. I've got a couple of quick fire questions in a second. But uh, Calvin, last year, we managed to raise a couple of grand for some charities close to our hearts. And uh, this year, we want to raise some more money as well. We had a bit of a prize giveaway last year. I think at the moment, you've probably seen all the stuff going towards the Leeds Food Bank with the people. Yeah pay-per-view mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. um it'd be quite good if we could maybe get something from yourself that we can auction off at leeds fans yeah and, definitely. Uh, sign up yeah. For this. Have, you, have you got anything that comes to mind you can put in the pot 
I've got anything really, mate. What do you what do you want? What do is you that, want? Is that red and black shirt line now? <laughs> no, 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 that's saving me. That's saving me that. I don't know. Is it is there like a, a shirt you can sign or something like that? It leads or England yeah, or whatever's good for you. Yeah, I've got I've got shirts, yeah, I've got which shirt do you want? You can choose, mate. I've got quite a few to be honest here. Have you got a JD Sports one? You're doing a lot of modelling for them at the minute, aren't you, Calvin? I've actually got the tracksuit upstairs. If you want me to donate the tracksuit, I'll donate it. No, I think, yeah, I, think we, I think we get some good money off uh, off maybe a signed England Calvin Phillips shirt, maybe? Yeah, no worries, mate. Is that all right? So, yeah, I'll sort that out for you. No Fantastic! What a bloke! Right, let's wrap this up. Let's hope we can make a ton of money as well because it's been the Leeds fans have pulled together really well on that. Um, so I'm sure it'll be the same for this one as well. Yeah, definitely. Right, quick fire question to see us out: Hockaday or Evans? Hockaday. Oh, that was very quick. I like that. <laughs> well, he said it. Evans didn't pick him, so it was going to be Hockaday, wasn't it? Hockaday, to be fair, I never played under Hockaday. I just never played. Under, I was. I had the chance to play under Steve. And they just didn't play me, so. No. All right, then. What about Milanich or Evans? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> yes. That's a fair answer. Right. White or cock? Oh, that's hard. That's harsh. You can't, you can't let me do this. Um, Don't let him bully you, Calvin. Uh, I'm going to have to go Ben because... He's one of my best friends now, but you know I look at Robin every single day. I'm in the same. I sit next to him in the change room as well. So you know I think Robin has got the potential to be you know a world class centre half. So I'm going to go Ben just simply because I've known him for a full year, whereas only, I've only known Robin for a few months. We'll ask you again next year then. You've <laughs> lo- known him long long enough for him to be giving you stick on Instagram about your modelling though. So. Yeah. <laughs> Beckford or Becchio? Ah. Ah. I'm going to have to go Beckford. There's go no, no particular reason why. Well, Becchio, he's, he's, he doesn't live near. He can't, he can't come yeah, and find me. Yeah, he can't, come and get, he can't come and find me and tell me off. <laughs> Finally, you've, you've got one place up front, Bamford or Kane? Bamford. <laughs> Every day of the week. Yes, that's what we like, Calvin. Mate, (laughs) thank you ever so much for taking your time out to uh, have a chat with us. It's been fantastic. No worries, I've enjoyed it, mate. Cheers. Yeah, we'll get season and I hope you uh, recover very quickly as well. It'll be good to see you back on the pitch. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Wow, what a bloke he is. I think that was really, really kind of him to spend that time having a chat with us and just having a laugh all the way through it. Such a nice guy, isn't he? Oh, he's a lovely lad. Really lovely guy. And I think that was always my my worst fear is, you know, you go and watch and support football and you think, oh, you know, everyone says don't meet your heroes, but he's a great lad. Really nice. And he's a brilliant role model for kids. It's just proof that the team we've got now is just good, full of nice, bloody good people, isn't it? He even said he'd have taken Janny on holiday with him. I take. I bet Janny's the greatest on a lad's holiday. Yeah, but he got sent on the dad's holiday. <laughs> yeah, to bring a bit of fun. Kid's loose. Kid is loose. But no, absolutely awesome, as you say. If Calvin's take out some uh, some of his time to speak to us, and also to give us an unbelievable prize to uh, try raise some good money for some charity. 
There's been a lot of support for the Leeds United Supporters Trust in um, getting some money into the, the, the Leeds Food Bank and um, we are delighted to be donating this great prize um, to a raffle uh, where anyone can enter. Paul, have you got the details on how they do that? Head over to leeds.com where you can find all the details on how to enter and also check it out on our social feeds at leeds.com. We'll be back again next time. Check us out with our Match Day podcasts. More interviews to come. Peace. We'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.